Hey Double Shifters, it's Catherine. Before we get started, I have a great book I'd like to tell you about. It's called Weird Parenting Wins. If you have ever taken care of children, you know that kids can drive you crazy sometimes. It's hard to get them to go to bed, to eat healthy stuff, to tell you what's going on in their life. Weird Parenting Wins has some amazing strategies for raising kids, babies through teens. And I'm actually not a big fan of most parenting books. And what I love about this one is that it's fun to read, helpful, and not judgmental. Weird Parenting Wins is by Hilary Frank, who is also the creator of one of my favorite podcasts, The Longest Shortest Time. Her work has been an important influence on The Double Shift. The tips in this book come from real parents in moments of desperation. They're funny, they're poignant, and they're useful. Weird Parenting Wins makes a great Mother's Day gift. Find it wherever you buy your books. Okay, so next I want to tell you that our live event in New York was such a smashing success that we've planned the next stop on the Fuck Mom Guilt World Tour. (laughs) Next up is Durham, North Carolina. On May 14th, I'll be at the Pin Hook. The event is co-hosted by the amazing women-led comedy group Eyes Up Here, so it's going to be a super fun night to remember. To get your tickets, go to thedoubleshift.com. See you on Tuesday, May 14th in Durham. This is The Double Shift, the show about a new generation of working mothers. I'm your host, Katherine Goldstein. Every mother works, and this podcast is about our stories. It's not about parenting or kids. It's about us and challenging the world we live in today. This season, we've been doing reporting on stories about working moms from all over the country. If you're new to The Double Shift, welcome. This episode is a little different than usual, so if you're listening for the first time, we recommend starting with one of those earlier episodes to get a feel for the show and coming back to this one later. For this episode, I've invited editorial advisor Amy Westervelt to come on the show. She's the head of our network, Critical Frequency, and an advisor to The Double Shift. She also wrote a great book about feminism and motherhood called Forget Having It All. Today, Amy and I are going to talk about a joint op-ed we wrote, which we'll link to on our show notes, where we share some pretty radical ideas we have for rethinking Mother's Day. And in honor of this one day of the year where society pauses for a moment to think about moms, drumroll please, We're announcing a very exciting new chapter for The Double Shift, a membership program for our listeners. But first, let's talk to Amy. Happy Mother's Day to you, too. Let's celebrate by stirring up some trouble. Okay, love it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, so Amy... Everybody knows that Mother's Day has sort of been co-opted as this, like, big money Hallmark holiday. And in response, you and I wrote a joint op-ed about why we want to return Mother's Day to its revolutionary roots. We basically think we should be putting a price on all the unpaid work mothers do to keep families and society running. And before you and I started working on this piece, I actually didn't know that Mother's Day had any revolutionary roots. Can you tell listeners a little bit more about that? 
Yeah. So Mother's Day was the brainchild of this woman, Anna Jarvis, and she was kind of, she was a labor organizer um, and a feminist at a time when like both of those things were not super common. Uh, she had started out sort of organizing mothers together during the Civil War to do various tasks. And that seems to be kind of when she started thinking about mothers as laborers, just the same as carpenters or blacksmiths or any other kind of worker at the time. She came up with the idea in 1908 of a day for mothers that focused on all this unpaid but not free labor that mothers provide and ways to push for policies that value and respect that work. So she was a lot more interested in seeing mothers out in the streets striking for a change in our conditions, like a mayday for laborers but mothers, instead of a holiday where people give gifts and flowers and brunch in bed and all that kind of stuff. Right. (laughs) And then as like... You know, when she died, it still hadn't happened, and her daughter kind of picked up the mantle and kept pushing for it. And eventually the day was recognized, but her daughter was, like, horrified to see it turned into this, you know, sort of um, superficial holiday. She actually fought until she died to try to get it returned to its its origins, but obviously failed. <laughs> it's so interesting because still so much of the work mothers do is still basically seen as invisible and like, oh, it's just not quantifiable, everything mothers do. It's in the shadows. But, you know, since we live in a capitalist society where basically like money rules everything, uh, you and I are both really interested in actually putting like hard money dollars on what mothers actually do. So you built a calculator. Yeah. So mothers can tally up the costs of all that unpaid labor we do in a year. So can you share a little bit about what's on the calculator? Yeah, so we've got a bunch of categories on there, all, and it's all based on Bureau of Labor data, um, the most recent data, which is from 2018. So you enter how much childcare or housework you do per month, and then we also have some less predictable categories, so like arranging social activities or driving kids around or buying gifts, all these things that are totally essential to making families work and to keeping our economy going, and much of it is done by mothers. Um, So you and I were talking back and forth about whether or not we should put emotional labor on this calculator, like therapy bills (laughs) for families. Yes. Yes, totally. I know, because I was talking to a friend of mine who has older kids. Like, her kids are in... Um, you know, like senior year of high school, one starting college, that kind of stuff. And she was just complaining to me a couple of weeks ago that like she had to take basically like the whole day off of work to talk her kid through like what he was going to do for the summer before college started and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it never ends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. OK. Yeah. We didn't put emotional labor on the calculator, but don't worry, we did We did talk about it. So, um, so yeah. Amy, when we say that a huge amount of this work is done by mothers, that's just, we're not, that's not like a guess or an assumption. Studies show that even when both parents work outside the homes, mothers do more childcare and housework than fathers. So, Amy, you and I are both working mothers. I would say we both have fairly consuming careers. Um, yes, yes. What mm-hmm. was your unpaid labor dollar amount when you did the calculator. Okay, this is this was like really shocking to me. It was $39,000. Oh my god. <laughs> 
I was so I like I I was like that can't be right. And I ran the numbers like three times and I even actually like was like maybe the code is wrong. So I did it manually too. And yes, it's $39,000, which I was like that's a whole person's salary. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Um I got only $23,955, so <laughs> <laughs> still a lot. Yeah. Um but my reaction was uh, like damn, I could use that money. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I know. So I was thinking one of the biggest changes since 1908 when Mother's Day started as a holiday isn't that all of a sudden all this unpaid work we do is better recognized. It's just that like way more mothers work outside the home than in 1908. Yeah. So like that that number is over 70 percent of mothers work outside the home. So one of the things I personally think is too often missing from our discussions about mothers at work is I actually really believe that the revolution at work begins with a revolution at home and that there's like always blows my mind when I think about it, that working mothers today do more hands-on parenting than stay-at-home moms did in the 1970s because parenting expectations and judgment around being a good parent has gotten so outrageous in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you see dads fitting into all this and like changing some of how we think about like gender roles and relationships at home and how this all plays together. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, shout out to 1970s moms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just drinking tab and sending us to the backyard. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, something that's really interesting, um, for me, when I started doing a lot of research around this stuff and looking at, you know, a lot of historical data, it really jumps out when you look at the history of women's rights alongside the history of ideas around motherhood over the past couple of centuries. Every time there's a gain in women's rights or women gain more access to traditionally male spaces as individual women, there's this immediate increase in expectations around motherhood that that starts to arise. And you see I mean, almost instantly an increase in a lot of the rhetoric around birth rates and sort of women's obligation to society reproductively and an increase in all of this um, talk around what mothers should and shouldn't be doing and usually some sort of increase in expectations or sort of tasks placed on mothers. Hmm. You see it like every single time. It's kind of this, it's it's like clockwork. And now in recent decades, you know, dads have gotten much more involved in childcare and housework. They spend about twice as many hours now as they did in the 60s. But women's labor, mother's labor has increased the same amount in the same amount of time. So at the same time that women have been adding more and more work outside the home, they have also been doubling their housework and childcare hours. <laughs> and, and, you know, so you kind of look at that and you're like, how could this be? Is it just that, you know, this whole parenting thing has gotten so out of hand that, you know, helicopter parenting and all that stuff has, has kind of made all parents of all genders totally nuts? Um, Or is there something else going on? And and what researchers have found is that while uh, men have increased their childcare and housework labor, it's typically alongside women, not instead of mothers. Hmm. So 
you're seeing things like, you know, maybe dad is like chopping up vegetables while mom's cooking some other part of dinner or um, the whole family is going out on outings together or maybe like he's making the bed while she's folding laundry. So you're seeing these sort of like tandem tasks happening and it's not a, it's not sort of like a replacement of ours. It's just sort of, you know, two, like four hands are better than two, I guess, you know? So interesting. But I, I think this idea of that dad's doing more at home and that maybe dads could be doing more that actually frees mothers up and takes them off their plate rather than just side by side. But I, I think that like actually the, the benefit in the workplace is not just for moms to be freed up to work harder, but that it also actually changes the dynamics of workplaces when dads have like caregiving and household responsibilities mm-hmm. and are actually transparent about them. Like... There's a tons of pregnancy discrimination and anti-mom bias in workplaces. So if we shift the norms so that dads also take significant time off when a child is born or they like are saying openly, like, I have to leave because to pick up my kid from daycare because they're sick. Like it actually lessens bias against mothers who are being unfairly seen as less committed to their jobs because they're seen at work as the only ones who are doing the quote unquote double shift at home that like there's no way their partner is equally engaged in that. So I think like the idea of dads being involved and being more transparent, it's not just in the home. Like it really will affect uh, how workplaces see both moms and dads. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, it's also like how we raise the next generation of dads to be that much more involved too, right? Because like all of this gendered labor stuff gets really kind of implanted in kids pretty young based on what they see at home. So it's, you know, it's important. Um, I think dads doing more of this invisible unpaid labor benefits everyone all around. And there's this other side to it too, where dads get, and I mean, I I'm sure you hear this all the time. I hear uh, women all the time complaining that anytime their husband does anything or the father of their kids does anything, it's like, oh, bravo, good job, you know. And and meanwhile, they're doing like 10 things that everyone's just like, yeah, well, do it. Get it done, mom, you know. (laughs) And so I think, you know, dads get and generally kind of expect a lot more attention and praise and like general valuing of their labor in these realms. And I really think that instead of just kind of being annoyed by that, what we should be thinking about is how do we how do we expand that to include mothers too? You know, how do we get to a place where everyone's labor in these realms is visible and valued in real ways? Totally. Yep. In our piece, we kind of tongue in cheek suggest that for Mother's Day, using our calculator, if someone gives you a Hallmark card as a token of their appreciation, you could hand them back a bill. <laughs> do you think, do you think, do you think anyone's going to actually do it? Um, I don't know. But if any Double Shift listeners do that as handing back a bill of your your total tally of how much money you've earned from your household tasks and childcare, please email us and let us know how it goes over. <laughs> um, because I'm super curious about that special Mother's Day interaction. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. but I think it could spark some interesting discussions, definitely. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk more about all of this stuff and also share some super exciting news about the membership program we're launching in honor of Mother's Day. And uh, speaking of paying of bills, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. 
I have been a fan of Third Love for years, ever since they showed me the light of the fact that I was wearing the wrong size bra. I am so excited they are sponsoring the Double Shift. I've been enjoying buying their 24-7 t-shirt bras for about three years. They're the perfect everyday go-to, and I recently tried their 24-7 lace plunge bra, and it was a comfortable and very pretty change of pace when you want something with a little flair. Just answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. They offer over 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. And this is hands down the most comfortable bra you will ever own. They use memory foam in the cups and it's amazing. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash doubleshift now to find your perfect fitting bra. That's thirdlove.com slash doubleshift for 15% off. Next, I want to tell you about Myro. Myro is making deodorant better, like 10 times better. Not the drugstore stuff with the mess sense you're used to. They make their natural deodorant with a custom blend of essential oils that release over time to keep you fresh and barley powder to keep you dry. Their formula is hardworking, long-lasting, with no toxic anything. 0% aluminum, 0% parabens. Their ingredients are clinically tested for safety and efficiency. Here's how it works. Choose your scent and the color of your case. Get a refresh every three months delivered straight to your door and conveniently timed for when most people run out. Switch scents, press pause, or stop literally anytime you want. Because the case is refillable, Miro refills reduce plastic waste by approximately 50% versus typical drugstore deodorants. I love that. Get 50% off your first order and get started today for just $5. Visit mymyro.com slash doubleshift and use the promo code doubleshift. That's mymyro, M-Y-M-Y-R-O dot com slash doubleshift and use the promo code doubleshift for 50% off and to get started for just $5. Okay, we're back. So, Amy, in the intro to this episode, I kind of sarcastically suggest that Mother's Day is the one and perhaps only moment where society and the media takes a pause to think about mothers. But that's actually kind of true. And what are some examples of this that you've seen or experienced in in your career as a journalist? Yeah, so I've had this very weird experience where I was a science reporter for, you know, like 15 years before I ever wrote anything about motherhood. And as soon as I did, quite a few editors and even like some fellow journalist friends of mine were kind of like, oh, I guess you're on the mom beat now. And, and sort of, you know, as code for like, I guess you're not like a serious real journalist anymore, oh, you know, and, and I was just like, that is so, it's so nuts to me because like, it's a, it's an area that touches on everything, you know, it's labor, it's economics, it's history, it's politics, it's gender and health and all these different things. Like what could be more serious, but it's still sort of seen as this like silly, you know, hobby kind of thing fluffy stuff right so totally I definitely have felt this and experienced this a lot when I was pitching the double shift as a show so I I detailed this a little bit in episode six on not having it all um, that the double shift 
got rejected by a big podcast company that had piloted the show. And this is before you and I started working together, Amy. But when that happened, I was like, well, you know, I was I was disappointed, but I was like, it's just one podcast company, like really not the end of the world. Like, I'll find another one. No big deal. It wasn't the right fit. Um, so I, I've also been a journalist for a long time. And the reason that I wanted to make this show is that I believe mothers are marginalized and our discussions and needs and experiences aren't taken seriously in journalism and like society at large. But I I was still like idealistic that once I pointed that out and had like a really great concrete plan for a podcast, people with resources in the industry would agree and like want to make the show. Um, but that really did not happen. And I probably pitched 10 or 12 media and podcast companies and they all turned down the double shift. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, the feedback I got was, one, that there's not enough that's interesting about being a working mother to make a whole show. Mm. Um, a lot of people like w- would say, like, we already have a parenting show or working on a parenting show, and they couldn't understand that this was a show that was absolutely not about parenting. And then, like, the other piece of feedback was basically that this show was too expensive, like, that they didn't think it was worth investing the resources to actually do real journalism um, about working mothers. Like, it, you know, people were interested in, like, a low-cost, like, chat show, but not actually reporting. And I always knew that the double shift, like, was going to be real journalism with reporting. Yeah. Yeah, it's extremely hard to get real journalism on this subject out into the world, whether it's in print or audio, it's just a real, it's still like a really uphill battle. It's, it's like kind of, I feel like the print analog to the chat show is the, is the personal essay, you know, everyone will take personal essays and op-eds about it, but very few um, outlets will take actual reporting on this subject. And I don't want to knock other shows, but you are definitely seeing Every network coming out with this sort of like low production cost chat show around this topic because guess who advertisers want to sell to? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so um, so we're valuable in one aspect, I guess. Oh, but like, <laughs> you know, it's so annoying. Oh gosh. Well, so after all that rejection, I decided I was going to do a DIY route because basically, like, no traditional podcast or media company was going to fund the double shift. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to raise some grants for funding, and that's when you and I started working together on your network, Critical Frequency. Right, and Critical Frequency is a different sort of network. We kind of um, started because there was a gap between, you know, people just totally doing everything themselves, and then these big networks that wanted you to have a significant number of downloads before they'll even start talking to you and that, you know, just have a, um, a real focus on what will work for the advertising revenue model, basically. So we kind of work with different shows uh, based on, on what they need and provide, you know, either production or distribution or both. And in this case, you know, are helping the double shift to market and promote and find content partnerships and do a little bit of, of PR and, you know, get the show onto different uh, podcast platforms. But that's kind of our, our deal is to try to empower creators to do the stuff that like the bigger companies are saying they're not interested in for one reason or another. So it's been amazing to work with you on the show. And actually, one of the things 
that's so interesting about this is Critical Frequency is one of the very few networks in the entire country that's owned by a woman yeah. and one of the very, very, <laughs> very few, um, even fewer yeah. uh, networks that's owned and run by wor- a working mom, working moms. And so, like, I've loved working with you on the show because you really believe also in the social mission of the double shift, which is a vehicle for a social change movement around changing how society sees moms and how we see ourselves. Like, to me, that is a very big and very long-term goal of the show. And the second goal of the show is to run this as a financially sustainable small media company. And the media business is a tough business, Mm -hmm. and especially because we're doing time-intensive, high-quality journalism by highly skilled professionals, and that's not cheap. And so I'm actually constantly thinking about how these two missions can succeed um, and how they work together and how sometimes they're in conflict and how all those pieces sort of fit together. And thinking about this makes me think about something um, Louisa Rachel Solomon said in episode one. You remember her? Yeah, I loved her. Yeah. So she um, was the, that episode's called Punk Rock Rabbi. And she said something about her desire Uh, She was talking about her desire to be a rabbi and a parent and a musician. She said something like, I don't claim to have this all figured out, but if anybody can figure it out, I think it's me. So I'm going to try. And (laughs) And I definitely relate to that quote when I think about everything that we're trying to do and accomplish with the double shift. Um, So in the spirit of figuring out how this social movement works together with being a small media company, in honor of Mother's Day, we are announcing a membership program for the Double Shift listeners. Yay! I'm excited. I think it's a great idea. Um, Okay, so today we're inviting listeners to become founding members of the Double Shift. And we have two main offerings that we're really excited about. So first I want to say the main product of the Double Shift will always be free. Um, But we've really heard your feedback on what you want from the Double Shift, and we're taking that really seriously in what we're offering to members. So going forward, each episode will have extended content. So there are two more episodes left of season one after this one. And for the next two episodes, bonus parts of our conversations that didn't make it into the main episode will be released at the same time. So you can get more from the subject and more of the story and just more of that episode. Um, And we have a bunch of more ideas for some really cool bonus content. Awesome. So like some more behind the scenes stuff like the Mamas of the Brothels bonus episode? Yes, exactly. So we have tons of interesting tape from our earlier episodes, too, that didn't make it into the main episodes. And we're also we're thinking about releasing some of those as highlights. And also, I really want to catch up from some of the subjects from season one. Like I've been thinking a lot about Ashton Clemens now that she is an elected state representative. Um, And also, no spoilers yet, but some of the other subjects have had some very big life changes since we recorded, and I want you all to hear what they're up to. Oh, that's interesting. Now I want to, now I'm curious. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So um, we are going to be working on season two for the next few months. So we're going to be periodically releasing bonus content to members only during that break between seasons. So if you need the double shift in your life over the summer after the season ends on June 3rd, this is the way to get it. That's great. I love that you're going to have like summertime episodes for all us moms that are going to be juggling like summer camp and work and (laughs) (laughs) oh summer camp oh school systems yes okay we'll have some special little bonus 
treats for members during the summer. So, um, and the second thing we're doing, which I'm so excited about, is that we're going to be launching a private forum for Double Shift members, which is not on social media. It's not going to be on Facebook or Instagram or anything. Um, it's probably going to be a Slack group, and it's going to be an opportunity for you all to connect with each other and not only talk about the show, but talk about all the all the different ideas and things you're experiencing. And I'm just really excited to see what develops out of this community. I mean, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there, and I find that a lot of them get really big and impersonal. And so this, I think, is something really unique, and it's going to be smaller, and it's going to be a way to actually really connect with each other um, that I think, and also connect with us about the show. But I think it's going to be a really special, different kind of community. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like the Facebook groups that I've been into kind of end up getting dominated by like one person. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you just can't get to know people very well because there's like 10,000 people in the group. So yeah, this is going to be yeah. much smaller. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So how do people sign up? Okay. So membership costs $5 a month for the founding members of the Double Shift. So you go to the doubleshift.com slash join um, and it's extremely easy to sign up. And for our bonus episodes, we're using this awesome technology that's brand new. It's created by Slate, and it's called Supporting Cast. So what you do is um, you go to the doubleshift.com slash join. You enter your email address and credit card, and then you'll be billed monthly for the $5 a month. And then you get this link to add the bonus feed to whatever player you like to use. And it's compatible with most platforms. And and they'll even text you the link on your phone to add it to the player so you can listen, you know, really easily. It's super easy. Um, And so it's not a big process to actually get this bonus content. And then when we're ready to launch the private platform, you'll be getting an email letting you know how to use it and how to log on. And I'm really excited about the group because we're going to be able to have ongoing conversations with you all, share ideas about the show, get feedback on the show. And also, um, this price is for our early fans who are with us from the beginning. So we may raise this price for others when season two starts. But for those of you who are with us from the beginning, um, the price will stay at $5 a month. And I know there are many worthy causes, but I hope that you, our listeners, will become members because you believe in the feminist vision of the show. Yeah, totally. Let's hear from one Double Shift listener who agrees. This is Dina from North Carolina. I love the Double Shift because it's not another how-to-have-it-all-and-be-flawless podcast for working moms. It's really hard-hitting truths and deep dives into the mom experience without being a mom podcast. I cried when the host talked about being free together in the first episode. I'm a twin mom, and it's all hands on deck always, so if we want to do something alone or, or selfish, the other person always has to take the kids. We rarely have the chance to be free together and hearing that explained back to me made me feel so much less alone. I love that listeners feel such a connection to the show and are really getting what's different about the double shift from other podcasts in general and even from other parenting podcasts or mom podcasts. It's great that like they're really they're they're seeing the vision. I love it. Yes, me too. Um, So, Amy, as you know, this is a small operation. Uh, You and I are working moms, but I want to take a moment to also acknowledge some other paid contributors in part-time capacities who are highly skilled professionals um, who are 
you know, who helped make the double shift. Um, so my main collaborator is our executive producer, Sarah Ventry, who is a woman. Our editor is a working mom. Our graphic designer is a working mom. Our bookkeeper is a working mom. Our ad seller is a woman. And all of our field producers and audio engineers are women or trans or non-binary people. And your membership also will support their work, too. Plus, I think it's a great way to celebrate the revolutionary roots of Mother's Day to support a small mom-run company that is challenging the status quo and is absolutely trying to beat the odds. Um, Because if we just relied on big media companies, this show would not exist. And I want to live in a world where this work can keep going and that mom's experiences matter and that real journalism with fresh ideas about moms matter. And I want you to join me in that mission. I think Anna Jarvis would be proud. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. (laughs) I think it's really awesome that you're inviting this deeper community and that you're kind of seeing this community that's already starting to blossom around the show and providing something that will continue to grow that and support it. And I'm personally really excited about season two. What do you and Sarah have cooking for that season? Okay, so we have two more awesome episodes in the works for season one, and then we'll be back in a few months with season two. So the number one most requested show idea that we've had requested on all platforms and channels is Moms in Academia. Mm. So I definitely have some big ideas about how to cover that. Um, I'm also really interested in covering some of this these gender roles at home that we sort of touched on in this episode. I'm interested in non-traditional families and queer families. And we're also thinking about an investigative piece on pregnant women in healthcare. Wow, awesome. Yeah, um, we're also talking about uh, doing something on uh, discrimination against mothers in the workplace. Um, I am really would love to cover military moms. Uh, and we're also really interested in cross-cultural comparisons to how moms uh, do things and how moms are treated in other countries. Uh, we got a lead on doulas in underserved communities, more creative thinking on childcare. And of course, like I, I definitely want to do more on blue collar and shift worker moms, single moms. Okay, I'm going to stop. There's <laughs> so many ideas. This is awesome. I'm so excited. This also, It's awesome. It sounds really great. And look at, I mean, just like kind of rattling off the list of all the stuff that you're working on. No two stories are the same. They're all digging into lots of different social issues alongside mothers. And it's just, it's great. I think supporting the journalism that Double Ship does as a community effort is so important and a great way to make it sustainable for the long haul. Yep. And the more support we have, even in the form of a $5 a month Uh, contribution, the more content we'll be able to bring you, the more stories we'll be able to report, and the more places we'll be able to go to hear those stories. Um, Like we talked about before, we get most of our funding from grants and foundations, um, and we also get some funding from our ad sponsors. And support from you all is a piece of this puzzle in making this all work and asking for this support I know is going to benefit our listeners and make the show better and help us carry on the mission of the double shift. Um, Plus, for those of you who become members, this is an awesome Mother's Day gift to yourself because it's the gift that keeps on giving month after month with more awesome content and community. So, you know, I think it's, you know, it's way better than a bouquet of flowers or a pedicure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And, of course, I'm really excited for you all to be a part of how this show evolves. So to become a member, don't wait. Sign up today. Go to thedoubleshift.com slash join. That's thedoubleshift.com slash join. 
Happy Mother's Day.